Reading from the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, chapter 5, text 14. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Yasya prasada sanmauna, shanti bhaktyari sadhane, partyo nasva sa svayam vobhut, prasano vashavartyapi. We can only pray to satisfy him through our disciplines of silence, peace, and devotion. But being naturally satisfied with you, he has even submitted himself to your control. Purport. We'll just read the first paragraph. Comparing the Pandavas with world-renowned sages like himself, Narada finds the Pandavas greater. Narada and other great sages worship the Supreme Lord with serious intent. They are self-satisfied, free from material entanglement, and strict in their execution of the nine kinds of devotional practice. But by all their proper sadhana, self-controlled sages can only hope to obtain the Lord's mercy in the distant future. Even though Narada is in fact a first-class Vaishnav, he humbly includes himself among impersonalist sages who have not yet received the Supreme Lord's mercy. The Pandus, ever have gained Krishna's favor without having undergone spiritual disciplines. So strong and spontaneous is their love for Krishna that he falls under its sway, obeying his devotee's command like a menial servant. As described in the seventh canto of Srimad Bhagavatam, during one visit to Hastinapur, Narada discussed this at length with Yudhisthira while telling him the history of Prahlad. At the end of this narration, Narada assured Yudhisthira and his brothers that they were no less exalted than Prahlad. My dear Maharaj Yudhisthira, all of you, the Pandavas, are extremely fortunate. For the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna lives in your palace just like a human being. Great saintly persons know this very well and therefore they constantly visit this house. Anyway, I'll stop there. The purport is much longer. Omegana Timurandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksur Unmalatamyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Pancha Kalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayevacha Patitanam Pabane Bhyo Vaishnave Bhyo Namo Nama Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda 
Siadvaita Gadadhar, Shivasadi Ghor Bhaktavrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. <clears throat> One second, I'm just going to get a uh, cloth drop. Um, right now we're having our evening program here at the at my ashram um, right now Radha Charan a very dear friend of mine who very successfully preaches in China with his wife. Krishna Premi is my disciple. He's here. Um, we had a fabulous Uri retreat. It just... Uh, went wonderfully, really. Um, better than I could have imagined. Some real special things, Hari Parshad's classes, and Kinchana Krishna gave the mood of Sri Chaitanya Gambira for everyone. And I gave a seminar on the mission of Sri Chaitanya and the genius of Sanat Goswami presenting. I just received a letter from Hari Prashant, who uh, really enjoyed my lecture, too. And then we flew right into Vrindavan, where I'm hosting another retreat. Um, and people were there a little bit earlier, and they didn't seem so enlivened because initially, because you have to come under guidance. And it was just a little bit like a tour, tourism. And I wasn't, you know, I was just finished a Puri retreat. I left everything on the field. But Somehow the retreat really took off, especially, you know, in, in, in Govardhan. <clears throat> we even have Mongol Artik. We're having fabulous prasadam. There's a, a, a Vaishnav cook we have that's amazing. We have three times a day. And then we've been going out every day. <clears throat> And today we went to this place, Biharvan. It took us at least an hour and a half to get there. The greatest myth is that, that there's overpopulation. 
Uttar Pradesh is the most crowded state in India. You just go and there's fields and fields and fields and fields. And then you get to this place where these sadhus have preserved. I don't know, it's a lot of 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. I can't tell how many. It's a big place. And you walk in there and you just hear so many birds and there's a thousand cows. And it was raining. Somehow the weather was miserable. It didn't affect our spirits. And we went to the cows and you could just chant Radhe and all the cows come. And we fed them bread and things like that. Then we go out and then we come back and then at five o'clock till 7.30, we just go again. We have another program. And this year I've just been inviting people every day. The first day... Uh, Jai Jagannath, the second day, Akinchana Krishna, and A Kirtan, as good as anyone you've ever heard. So we invited them, and then yesterday, Brother Bihari, and uh, who's the ombudsman for the U.S. Department of Interior, and also helped start Iskand Resolve, and he presented conflict resolution through the Bhagavatam. And it was very interesting because what he discussed is that the, the, the source of all conflict is assumptions. And, uh, and you know, he went through the Bhagavatam and or Lahant, people thought something, got angry. That wasn't really true. It was really thought-provoking. Uh, and uh, great Vaishnav, and today Radha Charan is here. So it's, and tomorrow we finish up. We're going to go to Barsana. And then I guess I'll do the last program. I mostly been, we haven't, don't have money classes. We go out. I mostly been just preaching or giving class when we go out, like today at Bharvan. I spoke about Krishna's cows and Krishna going to the forest. And the atmosphere is just so sattvic. Um, really just so sattvic. And you can understand why Paramahamsa Yogananda said that in terms of influencing consciousness, that environment is more powerful than your own willpower. The environment is just so sattvic. So many, you hear those birds. And so I spoke about Krishna entering the forest, blowing his flute, and that the nature of his flute, if you could imagine, you know, the coward boys, they're doing kirtan because that's the main expression of love as they're going out with, with, with um, Krishna and the cows. And Krishna is all attractive. And it draws out in one's heart the desire to serve. Actually, there's one disciple of mine that came from 
uh, Russia. Tremendous transformation in her. And she brought her daughter, who's five years old. And literally, that child, I mean, this is Purian here, just sat in every single class without any disturbance. And very expressive. And you can see attractive. <laughs> Young child is very attractive. And you're drawn, and you, you know, I, you know, I want to give him, you know, sir, sir, you know, go give him some candy or some passat. I gave him my stick. I gave her my stick. Um, and uh, so Krishna is just all attractive. He brings out the love in your heart. So they're doing kirtan out of love for Krishna. But Krishna's flute, and I've explained this many times, is amplifying his heart. So in the spiritual world, you're not only loving Krishna, but he's affirming your love by loving you. And that experience of being loved by the person that you most love is the height of pleasure. So, anyway, I was speaking about the cows, and uh, and uh, I'm, you know, and uh, obviously, it's a miracle that I was able to write my Monday morning greetings. I can't prepare class because it's literally twenty four hours here. Um, so I'm sharing a little something, then I'll get into these very important purports. But I, uh, to help me, I've invited this one devotee who I've known for many years. And uh, Savyasachi, his name is. Really nice Vaishnav. And he practically built the TOVP. He's a genius in mechanical things. If you see the TOVP, all those fiberglass things that they're molding, he did that. And then there's a Bhaktivedanta Swami has a retreat center, and he went there and did that. But he's a very, very deep devotee. And uh, I took him along. He, he doesn't want to lecture, but he becomes inspired. He, he shares his heart. And um, he said one thing about chanting that I think is very, very important. I've actually started to incorporate it in my own chanting. It's a never-ending journey. Um, is the relationship between the Bhagavatam and the holy name. And he got this from an article in The Harmonist by Srila Bhakti, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, I think it's very important. <laughs> it's very important Um you know, in the in the Yoga Sutras, it says when you chant a mantra, the japas art the bhavanam, you should dwell on the meaning. Because it's an offering of love. But you have to understand that that's what you're saying. 
to have the effect in your heart. Um, and you have to have love to have the effect in your heart. So he described that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati described that chanting must go along with reading. And especially the Bhagavatam. It actually represents Srimati Radharani because what's the Bhagavatam? It's an expression of devotion, of love. It's an expression of devotion or love for Krishna. And what is Srimati Radharani? She, the essence of Ladini Shakti is Krishna Prem. When heightened to the highest degree, it's Mahabhav, and she's Mahabhav Sarup. So that is Radha. So Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said that the Bhagavatam is that Sarup Shakti. So the description of it, um, before I get to the practical application, is it makes the chanting Radha Krishna, really. The holy name is not different than Krishna, and the Bhagavatam is that heightened devotion. And you put them together, it gives relevance and meaning that touches your heart. So one thing I've been doing is just reading a couple of pages of Krishna book and then chanting some six to eight rounds and then reading the Krishna book and continuing like that. Because it invokes, and this is what Lord Chaitanya did in the Gambira. He chanted Hare Krishna, but he also had his associates, I explained this many times, sing the songs and tell the stories of the person whose name he's chanting. And then when you're chanting, then that name has relevance. It has relevance. That name has a form. That name has qualities. The name has pastimes. And, and it's traditional. So I'm, I'm, med I'm always looking for subjects to write about. And uh, I want to write something, Kirtan Mela or Lila Kirtan Mela. And explain the, the the tradition and potency of mixing the holy name with the songs and stories of the person whose name you're chanting, and it enthuses those names with with relevance. Uh, here's a simple example. You know, when I visit Satsrup Maharaj and we, I take prasadam, I was so fortunate that such a saintly person was living across the street and so welcoming and so loving. And uh, they would say the, he would say the prayer in English. He would say the prayer in English. Oh Lord, this material body. Because then it has meaning. And the meaning brings the meaning is is a prayer, and a prayer is is an expression of humility to an object of prayer, begging for mercy, humbling oneself, expressing devotion. 
But this, but and you see what happened. I, I, I've marked this in the Hare Krishna movement. That's what Prabhupada did. He had the English prayer. And then I don't think it was Prabhupada. I think the devotees brought that back to Bengali. And because no one knows Bengali, it doesn't have any meaning. It loses its relevance. So initially it used to be chanted responsively. This is my own perception. Then what happens is that didn't really have such meaning. And then so people chanted it together. It just becomes a ritual. This is what you do before you take prasadam. And then people don't chant it. It loses its relevance. Of course, the best thing is to know the language and what they represent. But better than just parroting the language is knowing what it represents. And, and that's why when I teach the Brihad Bhagavatamrita, I love to go to those words um, in Sanskrit, Shabda Brahman had a nice discussion with Srila Bhakti, uh, with, with Srila uh, Bhakti Viganga Swami. This article by Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, if how, how much you know the, these words, it's called Shabda Brahman, you know, how much they, they enthuse the meaning within you, and how much the meaning of it burst. It enthuses the experience. Um, anyway, um, yeah, so I, I'd like to write something like that. Now, in terms of today's verse, you know, it, it's really, it's, it, it's repeating the same point. And I go over this again and again. Um, I go over this again and again. It's it's repeating the the same point. And when you go to the story of Gopa Kumar, it's the same point. Sanatana Goswami really wants us to understand that the highest manifestation of love and the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy um, is well, let's put it this way first the, the topmost manifestation of God is his love and it, it's presented just again and again in different stories, in different ways. And what's happening, because each devotee in Narada's search for the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy, each devotee, when Narada hears about him and then proclaims that person as the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy, each of those persons point to someone else that appears to have a more intimate re relationship with God and therefore a deeper experience, a deeper experience 
of God's love, of God's being, which is love. Um, yeah. And uh, so now Narada is sent by Prahlad No, sent by Hanuman to the Pandavas, and he's going to hone in on this point that their love for Krishna is much more forceful and much more intimate. And Krishna's reciprocation with them is a deeper revelation of himself. And here it says we can only pray to satisfy him through our disciplines of silence, peace, and devotion. But, but, but Narada is saying that to, to, to the Pandavas. But you, he submitted himself to your control. And isn't that what love is about? Love is about service. And the more you love someone, the more you are controlled or guided by their desires. But on their side, that control, or that it's it's not that they're forcing it upon you. It's not demanded of you. It's it's commanded. It's commanded by by their by the force of their own love and your desire to serve. Actually, that's the key to devotion. Actually, is service. That's what Prabhupada always defines bhakti as devotional service. And I always quote from the 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 uh, Bhakti Sandarbha. Um, bhakti is expressed. Bhakti is expressed is best expressed in Seva, which is loving reciprocation to the Lord through the faculties of the mind, body, and, and words. So this intimate love, which is not constrained, not in a forceful way, you're not constrained by anybody else, but by your own expression of love, of reverence. Part of your love is respect. Part of your love is obligation. Part of your love is duty. But um, it's not as forceful. And in, in reciprocation to that, the revelation of God's love is not full. But here, the Pandavas, they have this familiar relationship with Krishna and their love is so powerful. Um, their love is so powerful that Krishna's um, love for them is so unrestricted. I, I gave an example of, you know, my father, I respected my father. And uh, 
And he always told me, I told that story, he said, I'm not your friend, I'm your father. And what does that mean? For the benefit of the Ross of, of his relationship with me, there were parts of himself that he held back. And that one day I was, they had a party in the house and I walked by and I saw my father with some really, with his friends, some really raunchy talk, which would be that kind of side of himself would be restricted with me out of love for me. And it was that side of him was not, was not restricted in terms of being with his friends. So he's controlled. Krishna's controlled. Why is he controlled? Because he loves the devotees and he just wants to serve the devotees. And when you want to serve someone, then you are guided by their desire. So this is going to be explained here. And it, it's... Um, And, and another reason why Nard is going to explain what he's going to explain to the um, to the Pandavas, why he's considering them the topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy, of God's mercy, because there's one God, there's one Supreme Lord, just like Everyone here is an individual person, and they may, different aspects of themselves may come up in different relationships. But when different aspects of God manifest to someone, it, it's not only just an aspect of that person, but it takes on a form of itself. When God wants to reciprocate with reverential love, it's Vishnu or Narayan when he wants to reciprocate with friendship, it's Poganda Krishna. When he wants to reciprocate with conjugal love, it's Kishore Krishna. So Narada is going to glorify the Pandavas by glorifying Krishna because Krishna, Krishna means that he's, he's a full revelation of it. It's God, but it's a full revelation of himself. It's a greater revelation of, 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 of God than, than Hanuman had with Ramachandra. And Ramachandra is a greater revelation of the same person than um, uh, Prahlad, Nishringadev was to Prahlad. Or um, Vamana was to Indra. So to glorify him as a recipient of, of, of God's mercy, and what that's what Narada searched for, he's going to glorify why the manifestation of God to the Pandavas is greater. And now he explains. Uh, he says, Aho, Shrinuta, Purvam tu, Kesha Chit, Adikarinam, Anena di Yamantan Boon. Please just hear what I have to say. Before Krishna gave the gift of liberation only to a few, and this has also been the rule. So what he's going to explain is, is that that manifestation of Krishna is so full 
that when Krishna kills someone, they take liberation. The, the, the impression of God in his intimate form, even if he kills you, uh, you're a demon and he kills you, the revelation of that form just elevates you to the highest level of liberation. But in other manifestations, the force of that um, experience of being subdued by God doesn't give you liberation. She's so saying, Pandavas, you are the topmost recipient, topmost recipient of Krishna's mercy because that God fully manifests Krishna or at least more manifest than Ramachandra, more manifest than um, the Shringadev. Uh, it has so much power. It has so much power. So Krishna, before Krishna, the gift of liberation, please hear, Purvam previously Um, moksha kesha only to a few adhikarinam qualified candidates and stati sada this has always been the rule before Krishna liberation wasn't given so quickly Purport, in texts 15 through 24, Narada traces the cause of the Pandava's superior devotional position. The special influence of their worship of Lord Sri Krishna. The person I have God in his multitude of incarnation rarely gave liberation. Most demons killed by Krishna avatar had to take, Krishna avatars had to take birth again to be pu further purified. Kalanemi, Hiranyaksha, Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, Kumbhakarna, and others were killed by the Supreme Lord, but none of them received liberation because they all had to take birth again. That's not liberation. And pure devotional service was given to no one, to no one but Prahlad who received it from the incarnation of Srinasringadev. Kalanemi was killed by the Lord of Vaikuntha during a battle between demigods and demons. Hiranyaksha was killed by Lord Varaha. Hiranyakashipu by Lord Nishringadev. And two brothers, Ravana and Kumbhakarna, by Lord Ramachandra. Other daityas and rakshasas, including relatives of the demons mentioned in these verses, also met death at the hand of the Supreme Lord. Nonetheless, we know that upon being killed by the Lord, none of them attained liberation, since history records that they all took birth again. Only in the pastimes of Sri Krishna did many demons obtain liberation. Lord Vishnu's avatars rarely give liberation, but they even more rarely bestow pure devotional service. This is confirmed by Srila Rupa Goswami in his Lagu Bhagavatamrita. The Puranas describe only one case in which pure devotional service was granted when Lord Nishringa blessed Prahlad, and that devotion, at least according to Prahlad's own testimony, 
was mixed with the tendency to cultivate knowledge. So Prahlad got something, but it was reverential and not spontaneous. Later, the incarnation, Lord Raghunath bestowed pure devotion upon a few, Guha, Hanuman, Jambavan, Vibhishvan, Dasarat, and the blessed Sugriva. But in relation to those devotees, we never hear of praying, the utmost stage of pure devotion. So, um, we don't hear about Vishudasya, Premna, Nastita, Varta, it's never mentioned, Prema. So, the Panda, he's just making his case. You must be the topmost recipients of Krishna's mercy because God has manifest himself and his love in a more forceful, revelatory way that not only gives liberation, but but gives you prema. And that level of love, this Raja Prema, the fortitude is not seen otherwhere, other places. Some of the participates in Lord Ramachandra's Leela were not finite living entities. Lord Rama's three brothers were incarnations of the masters of Vaikuntha, Sankarsana, Pradyumna, and Aniruddha. The Lord's wife, Sita Devi, was directly the goddess Lakshmi. These infallible persons need not rise to the level of love of Godhead because they are situated on that level eternally. But some of the Lord Ramachandra's servants who are jivas, his janas, personal dependents, reap from his association the benefit of pure bhakti. Love of God is pure when free from material motives of karma and gyan. Lord Devaki Nanda and his appearance as the Lord of the Ragus granted such bhakti to only a few of his devotees. Guha, a king of the Nishadas, became a friend of Lord Ramachandra's. Here Narada says that even Dasarath, Dasarato, obtained bhakti from Lord Rama. Narada qualifies his statement in this way to answer a potential doubt that Dasarath was an unfortunate person. After all, Dasarath had been cursed by a Brahmin to suffer, suffer separation from his son, and that separation led to his dying untimely and in lamentation. Still, he was blessed with pure bhakti by virtue of his intense attachment to his son Ram. His apparent suffering is properly understood to be an ecstatic symptom of transcendental separation from the personality of Godhead. Next verse. By now, so many persons have been granted liberation, made devotees, and filled with pure praying, all by your maternal cousin. So there's a familiar relationship. Purport, even persons who came into casual contact with Krishna gained liberation and pure devotion. What to speak of the Pandavas who live with Krishna constantly and as, and as his intimate friends? The Pandavas should not imagine themselves bereft of these benefits. And by the power of his glory, demons fit for hell have become immortal 
after being slain by him or by such companions as Arjuna. Thoughtful sages like Vishramrita, Gotama, and Vashishta were intent on austerities, mantra meditation, and spiritual knowledge. They had various goals in life. But while they were on pilgrimage of Kurukshetra, Sri Krishna mercifully inspired them to pray to him for pure devotion. Thus they obtained it, became fully dedicated to his devotion. So I have to stop here. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll just for a second, I'll show you. Anyway, I'm still anxiously waiting to get through this fifth chapter and get to the the sixth and seventh chapter. Ah, okay, Jamunajaya, say something. Or you already left because you had to come. No, I'm, I'm here, Raj. Thank you for for showing us everyone deep separation, <laughs> but but so nice seeing everybody there and and relishing. Um, I was just really this this last bit that you were uh, really speaking about how only Krishna gives praise, not even Lord Ram. Everybody gives liberation. So many things. That was just such a beautiful beautiful yeah. point. Only Krishna gives the best. You know, there are terms that are generic and more specific, but he's talking really about the um, 
that type of love, spontaneous, where there's no restriction mm -hmm. by, you know, any rule, reverence, things. Same points coming up again and again. Okay, Haribo, thank you. Anybody like to hear more of the kirtan? I think that's the best thing to do today. <laughs>